What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 12-6 Podcast. I'm your host, Colin McHugh. The Super Bowl is finally over, and you know what that means. That means we are just days away from spring training baseball, and I, for one, could not be more excited. This is my final year before free agency, so I'm really excited to get down to Florida, see my Astros teammates, just try to soak it all in, and enjoy the hell out of my 11th spring training. And who knows, by the time this airs, maybe Bryce Harper and Manny Machado will have jobs. I guess we'll just wait and see. Anyway, my guest today is one of the most famous Twitter personalities in the baseball universe, Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja. He scours game footage daily to showcase the nastiest pitches thrown in baseball. And I'm proud to say I've been featured on there a time or two. So it was my pleasure to interview Rob here in our hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. We talk youth baseball and the best ways to teach kids to pitch, who the nastiest pitchers are in today's game, and his Twitter suspension and subsequent bromance with MLB. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you're always up to date when new episodes air and leave us a review. Tell us what you think so that this podcast can always get better and better. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's conversation with the pitching ninja, Rob Friedman. Rob, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to have you here. Number one, you're an Atlanta guy, so we're doing this in person, which I love. Number two, your kid goes to Georgia Tech, which is where I do all of my workouts. That's where we are right now, looking out on top, on top of the baseball field. And number three, you're my favorite Twitter account to follow. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, man. I wish that I could say it was just me, but it's, I mean, you're everywhere. You're everywhere in MLB. You're everywhere on the internet. Plenty of baseball players that I know, including me and Lance and Charlie and Garrett, we are obsessed with watching these gifts. Is it GIFs or GIFs? What do you call it? I, I say GIFs. Oh, I say GIFs too. I, yeah. I think Lance was saying GIFs. We're going to call it GIFs until yeah, Lance corrects it, yeah. me because yeah, exactly. once again, Lance knows everything about pop culture <laughs> and he would tell me if I was wrong. Um, but it's so fun. And I honestly, I'm not sure how it went this long without being made. You are, you tapped into something so at the heart of what baseball fans want, which is to watch nasty baseball plays, whether it's defense, whether it's home runs. Those things have been done in the past. You know, ESPN's done stuff. You've seen old baseball films of, you know, guys making amazing plays or hitting home runs a thousand miles. But watching pitchers throw unhittable pitches is new. And you did it. How did that come about? First, thanks. <laughs> um, uh, it really started through trying to teach uh, kids, like trying to teach kids mechanics, teach kids pitch grips um, through me coaching. And, uh, you know, I started probably what, 12 or so years ago with my own kid and coaching other kids. And the biggest thing I didn't want to do was to kind of teach what I was taught just because I was taught it or teach what, uh, there's always those local guy who played pro ball and wants to teach what he did. Right. Yeah. But there's so many different ways to do things that I guess the way I did was, was having a legal background. I, I hate to admit that because then people don't talk to me. Um, yeah, when I heard you were a lawyer, I almost shut this thing down. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't blame you. I might have to sue you. Uh, so, so basically trying to, to learn as much as I could so I didn't ever teach the wrong thing and really try to, uh, try to dist distill it down into the simplest form and then build it back up is kind of the way I started. Um, so what I found you know, through getting different 
gifts of pitchers. Um, first started breaking down mechanics and showing different ways that pitchers moved, which I thought was cool. And, I, and other people, other coaches on Twitter would start going back and forth and we'd have discussions, first arguments. Um, and <laughs> Always first arguments over the internet. Always. I, it's, it's amazing. And, and it's one of the beauty of, 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 of uh, one of the beauties of Twitter is you can argue and shut down, argue and dig your heels in and not listen, which is what most people do. As an attorney, also as a person, I will argue and I'll push, but I also listen to the. I sometimes I push to hear what the what the other person has to say right. and to really dig at it and get the guts of it down and challenge them so that I can listen and learn. And that's I think a better way of doing it than just fighting. One hundred percent. You're actually trying to get somewhere. Right. Right. And people don't get that sometimes. Like they think I have an agenda if I'm pushing at it, but I really don't. I'm like trying to learn. And a lot of times, even at home with my wife, um, I will argue the other side, and she's like, "Why are you doing that?" I'm like. I don't know, because then next argument I have, I'm taking that position, the one that she just took yeah. with someone else. So yeah, you're practicing both sides of uh, both sides of every argument. Right. That makes sense. And you're you come from a youth baseball background, a coaching background, a teaching background. Um, really, you you mentioned earlier that you even taught law. Um, and so, being a teacher and being a also a student of the game for a long time, um, I love hearing the idea that not everybody does the same thing. Not everybody moves the same way. Not everybody throws the same way. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. So if you had, for example, I, I think one of the first guys I talked to is Billy Wagner. And we were talking about Randy Johnson. And he had his, he, he played with Randy Johnson. He, he was like, oh yeah, Randy did this with his lower half. And I said, you know, actually he didn't use his lower half really well. He used his upper half really well. His arm action was, was I mean, he's got a huge wingspan. But if Billy Wagner threw like Randy Johnson, it would, it would never work for him. He'd probably throw 70 miles an hour. If Randy Johnson threw like Billy Wagner, he'd probably fall apart in, in two seconds. Um, so the fact is that everybody moves differently. And if you try to put them in a box, I think you're doing everybody a disservice versus trying to help a kid. Absolutely. And so our pitching coach is Brent Strom, who's been around the game forever. He is one of my favorite people in the game. Um, but he is very much a student of that, or of, of that philosophy that not everybody is the same. There are certain things that great pitchers do well. And these little tiny mechanical things or these little movement patterns that he calls them are things that you can teach. But not everybody is going to do each of those exactly the same way. I remember when he came, when I first met him, he came to me with this binder full of like old newspaper clippings. And I was like, Strami, we have the internet now. Like you can make a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation for me. Um, and he's, he's gotten better. He's gotten much better uh, from that perspective. But he is, he loves it. He loves learning. He loves challenging himself and therefore challenging his pitchers to do things and think, think a little bit differently to get marginally better. So, so I've met, I mean, I've met Brent Strom back in the day, um, actually took my kid to go, to go work with him as well Perfect. as another kid. Oh, he's, and he's, he's fantastic. Actually, the way he taught using the glutes was to squeeze your butt together. It's like, you're not, you know, like you don't want to fart, right. which was fantastic. I mean, that's great, great advice. <laughs> um, he also scared the crap out of me at an airport and said, he just yelled at me for no reason, like, I know you. And I was like, what? And That's this is very like, strong. Yeah, right on TSA yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a good dude. He's, he's fantastic. He's one of my favorites. But basically what you've done, um, if I'm getting this right, is you're taking those same things that Stromy was doing. You're taking the, the clippings and the still shots of people moving the right way, and you're just making gifts out of them and making an account out of them and saying, everybody, look. Look at what the best do. I've been on there. I'm not the best. But I appreciate that I do some of the things that some of these guys do as well. I'm still learning how to do, how to move the right way at 
you know, 11 years into pro ball and as a 31 year old pitcher, you know, none of, none of us are there yet. And for me, when I go back and look at some of these, when I will go look at Noah Syndergaard throw or Adam Adovino, who we were just talking about, they do things differently, but the way, the way that their body moves, some of it makes more sense to me when I look at them do it versus when I look at myself do it. And so I love what you're doing. I love the fact that this is out there for not just for kids and for kids who are developing, but for big league ball players. Me and Lance have looked at curveballs on there and said, how are we doing this differently? How could we do this better? So I appreciate this. This is phenomenal work. Oh, my pleasure. And, and, and the, the beauty of it is, so I started on the mechanics side and then went to, you know, pitch grips. How do you make the ball move like, like you do? Um, and looking at different arm angles, different grips. Obviously, that changes with people too because your arm slot's different, your hand size different, you just grip the ball differently, have different spin rates. Different things work better for others. And I think giving people kind of a, a, a bunch of different choices and giving coaches a bunch of different choices and giving kids so when they're told like, oh, you need to do this and they see pros not doing that, they may ask their coach and say, well, you're, you said do this, mm, you know, why is this guy doing that? It gives, it empowers players too, as well as coaches with stuff. And then, then later on, I took it with seeing really cool stuff going on and realizing that people just like watching nasty stuff. Like fans just love the amazing ability of today's players to not only throw their crap out of the ball, but to get ridiculous movement. Like, I mean, Adovino or you, you had a, a, a few sliders that you, when you were trying it out, that everybody was like, what the hell is that? Right. Yeah. I, that was fun. It was like a, it was just nice for me to go back and watch it over and over again on a GIF and say like, wow, I really did that. But House of Highlights has been around for for a while. And House of Highlights does that does it for basketball. They right. showed nasty dunks and like these crazy athletes doing amazing things. And honestly, your account when I'm on there makes me feel like a rock star. It makes me feel like I'm just dunked on a dude when I throw a nasty slider and get a swing and a miss. And I think you've been able to give that to to baseball, which it hasn't really been there before. When did you realize that this was that this was legit. That this was like bigger than you probably imagined it was going to be. I still don't think it's legit. Oh, it's so legit. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, getting uh, DMs and texts from players when they're saying not only uh, "Hey, thanks for featured," but there are players that will tell me either in game or after game, like lit literally in game, like I just threw this nasty pitch. You need to get that. <laughs> I swear. Um, and then other players, I won't say who they are. Um, have told me that about their teammates, like you got to get this one where so and so looked like a a fool swinging at this pitch, and uh, go back and get and, and you know I wasn't even watching the game to look for it, but I went back and found it and put it on there so they can give each other crap in the uh, in the in the dugout. Yeah, that's uh, that's hilarious. No, we were not on our cell phones during games. It was a delayed text message for sure. It didn't happen during the game. Um, I was going back and watching watching a video of Marcus Stroman throwing a slider to Evan Gaddis. And I remember that in my head. I remember watching that game and, and him throwing that. I was watching it on, on the TV inside and saying, how did he do that? And how did, how did Gaddy take that? Um, and then to see it on there and like relive that whole conversation with Stro and with, uh, with Gaddy, it was, was hilarious to me, but I love that. It's part of, it's part of the game that when you're watching it live or when you're watching it on TV, you see it, but I, you probably don't, um, appreciate it the same way that a home run is or a, you know, a diving catch or something like that. I, I think that's true. I think, um, you know, to some extent, sometimes I look at that, like the, the Stroman one that you're mentioning, I looked at it and I was like, holy crap. Like, I don't care if it's a ball or not a ball. It just, I don't see how a pitch moved that way. It can't move that fast, that direction, that late. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was nuts. And, and, and just 
showing that to folks like, hey, this is something to to shoot for, or hey, these guys are just amazing, and some of these guys are 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 you know you should appreciate the talent that you're seeing now, not like. Back in the day when I had, you know, it's 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 cool to see what's going on now. Yeah. There's so many exciting players. And I think it's cool to see MLB kind of embracing that to really sh- start to showcase some of the crazy talent that's out there versus, yeah. you know, just shutting all that down. And and uh, and I think kids want to see it too. Yeah. And I want I want to come back to that. I want to yeah, talk absolutely. I want to talk to that uh to that point about MLB and and your suspension of your account and coming back and all that kind of stuff. Um, you have to watch so much baseball. Like, I can't imagine how much baseball you got to watch to see all these pitches or to go back and watch all these pitches. Have you always been a baseball junkie? I have always been a baseball junkie. Actually, uh, my wife and I, I was just thinking on the way over here, my wife and I had season tickets to the uh, the Braves five years before we even had kids. Um, so I've always loved the the game. And with the availability of streaming, it's made it a lot better to go watch every game. Yeah. Um, so there are pitchers, obviously, I follow more than other pitchers. Like, I'll notice either, uh, you know, relievers in, I'll, I'll switch games that I'm watching or, you know, somebody I'll just watch their whole start. Like I know that if I'm watching, uh, Max Scherzer, I'm yeah. going to see something I've, I haven't seen before. I, it's almost like I have an alarm on. And then sometimes, sometimes there are people like, so with my notifications, I'm not one of those guys who turns their notifications off. I see them. Right. Um, and it's the beauty of it is I get to see what people like. Hey, do more of that. I also get to see when a pitcher is coming in, like they will say, Hey, Jordan Hicks is coming in yeah. and he just threw 105 mile an hour or you know, 105 mile an hour pitch. And I'm like, um, okay, I'll stop what I'm doing and go get that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do watch a lot of baseball games, but I also do it in a kind of educated way with, with kind of uh, targeted about at least certain pitchers and then some new guys coming up where I, I've heard a lot about them. I want to show folks. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a it's an art. It's would it be would it be okay for us to shout out to Ninja Nation and say when you're watching baseball games and you see something disgusting, let you know? Oh heck yeah! I mean right. absolutely. All right, you heard it here first, guys. When you when you see something nasty in baseball or something you've never seen before, hit like, Rob up. You better. And we will. And he'll 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 try and feature it, or at the very least, he'll appreciate your uh, your input on this. At least give you a like. I mean, he'll at least yeah. give right. you a Come like, on. guys. That is that is a lot. That's a big deal these oh, days. Heck yeah. It is. That's a big deal. All right, just you don't have to you don't have to be extremely specific here, but I do want to know a few pitchers that are your favorite to watch, and when they come on, you're like, I know I'm going to see something. You mentioned Max Scherzer, but who are two or three other guys that are just in your minds the best to watch? I would I would say uh, number one is Colin McHugh because don't, I, don't, I, no, uh, come on, uh, just because uh, I got uh, you a water and a coffee yeah, and we're I mean, doing you did. this. It was kind of nice. The slider's kind of nice. It's it is. Long, I though. mean, I thought you. you don't sell yourself short. I mean, you said I only gift you one time, and I put it together like right after that podcast. I heard it. It's so true. There were there were enough. There I even were... did a drawing of you, man. Oh, we have to talk about this. Yeah, drawings. we're, we we're going to talk about that for right now. All right, I'm going to let you answer the question. <laughs> we're going right, to come okay, right back to it. Yeah. The, the answer to the question is if 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 Blake Trinan is in a game, I'm watching that. Um, I'm dropping everything I have because there's nobody that throws a ball like that. I mean, his slider is underrated and ridiculous, but mm-hmm. his sinker is uh, is off the charts, and and that's how he got the nickname, which he hated. Um, the yeah, witch. he wasn't into that, was he? No, 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 no. I heard it through several different indirect sources that, uh, hey man, he really doesn't like being called the witch, and I'm like, I'm not into to telling calling someone that something they don't like. It was all in love, Blake. It was. Oh, all it absolutely in love. was. Yeah. All right, who else? Who else you got on um, the list? Jordan Hicks does things that, like, I think his people are sleeping on him despite the fact he throws 100. How do you sleep on I a guy? I have no idea because he's just, he doesn't strike guys out or he just throws hard. Dude, 
Guys, he's 21 years old. <laughs> exactly. And he throws 105 mile an hour sinkers. Right, right. I mean, you look at the way the ball moves and you look at his slider too, which is underrated. I mean, you, his slider is, is, is filthy. And you have some, uh, I mean, starters. I think uh, Thor is crazy. Yeah. Uh, especially when he's going right. He, his changeup is filthy. And that's another underrated pitch of yeah, his. Yeah, I got another guy who throws 100 miles an hour. His best pitches is his changeup. And it, you're like, what, huh? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And there, there was actually one time where he, uh, this season, where he threw a 98-mile-an-hour sinker that the announcers called a changeup. They go, <laughs> oh, he changed speeds on that one, took a little off. I'm like, dude, that was 98 miles an hour. I always ask our, uh, our announcers, because right now, we're in the press box right now at Georgia Tech. And from this angle, if you're not watching a monitor, you really can't tell what pitch is which. I've talked to a couple of our announcers with the Astros, and they're like, yeah, nowadays, you have to watch the monitor or else you're in trouble. You used to be like, okay, it's either a fastball or a big curveball or a little slide or something like that. But now with like Lance throws his sinker and his changeup, there's like a you know six or seven mile an hour difference, but they both move the same way. You can't tell. No, and, and Lance's stuff is absolutely... Uh, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, it's it's ridiculous also. I mean, his his two-seamer, I don't know if you saw, but like during during spring training, I noticed how much it was moving. And like, dude, you got to tell me how you throw that. And he was so cool. He just went to the locker room, took a video of his two-seamer, uh, DM'd it to me and said... And I said, hey, can I can I tweet this out and help kids? And he is one of those guys that is always looking to pay it back, pay it forward to kids. And uh, so I ended up tweeting out and it just caught on and he was helping kids learn what it, how to grip a two-seamer. You know, that's one of those things that there are a lot of unwritten rules in baseball um, and a lot of unwritten rules in pitching specifically. One of them has always been keep your information proprietary. Like if it's yours and it's your grip and you, you don't want to give anybody, you don't want to give away any secrets, no trade secrets, guys. At this point, there is so much information out there that if you're trying to, if you're trying to hold something back because you you think somebody else isn't going to figure it out, you're insane. You know, we you can you can track every pitch for the last 15 years it's been thrown, and you can zoom in on what your grip is and how your hands moving, and you know every every different piece of data on your pitch can be found and can be tracked. So I don't know I don't know what we're doing trying to trying to hold that back. And for me, it's it's fun. It's fun to break those molds and say, I want to see the next Lance McCullers. And as a 15-year-old, start working on that grip now so that when he's 21 and 22 like Lance, he's throwing 88-mile-an-hour bangers in the World Series. A absolutely. And I think going back, I don't know that it even gives away a secret because a lot of times, you know, I may try to throw your curveball. It's going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's not a matter of, of that. It's a matter of trial and error. You, I have a Dropbox with, a, with a folders for all pitch grips just to give people choices. Like, I might try to do this. And when I'm coaching, I do the same thing. So yeah. I will be like, hey, you know, try this, try that. And if it's working, it's working. If it's not, scrap it and yeah. do something else. Yeah, um, We'll link to that, uh, to that Dropbox too so that everybody listening can, can go and see, uh, honestly, see all the hard, hard work you've put in and, and the uh, wealth of information that's out there. The one I've had a hard time uh, reverse engineering is Stroman's sinker. And he, <laughs> and he keeps that secret. And he's got some weird voodoo grip that he puts on it. I mean, yeah. he like crosses his fingers and does something. And he gets really wicked movement, change-up type movement on mm -hmm. it. Um, and I've asked him before, and he's like, yeah, it's a secret. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it. Me and Stroh will talk about it in spring training and see if we can uh, see if we can dissect it. Because I've tried to throw a sinker before in my life. Like you were saying, I've tried to throw Lance's curveball. Yeah. doesn't work. I've tried to throw, you know, Charlie's sinker, Lance's sinker. And I just, my, my hand and my arm don't move that way. And so I'm always looking for new things and trying new things to try and, you know, develop as a pitcher still. That's how that slider came along. It was, it was trial and error, really. And uh, it, 
ended up working for me and I tried to refine it a little bit, but it's a great way of looking at things and a, a great way for kids to to figure out how to pitch. Right. And, and, and stop, like kids want to explore. I mean, when you were a kid, you tried to all different batting stances, all different oh, yeah. pitches. Everybody like back in, in the day used to do the Lewis Tion uh, stuff. And, and <clears throat> you try, I think too many coaches boil the fun out of the game yeah. for kids and don't let them do the trial and error thing. And this is one way to do it. And, and instead letting them explore, maybe you, maybe they do something totally different and they just break the mold. Why are you, why are you limiting their options um, and telling, you know, telling kids they can't do something. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a very, very good way of putting it. We usually do questions and stuff at the end, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of mix and match here um, because we're on the subject. If you could give a piece of advice, I usually say to a young player, but in your, in your case, with your experience and your expertise to a young coach um, who's coaching youth baseball or even in the high school or college baseball, um, what would you say to, to those who are trying to coach pitching? I, w- I would say there's not one way to do it explore different body types, see how a player naturally moves. Uh, don't come in with preconceived notions. Keep challenging yourself. I think one thing that I do every day, um, because I tell my players, I've always, I mean, I told my son, every, you, you don't have to work 24 hours a day. Improve a little bit every day. So we tell our players to improve a little bit every day. As a coach, you should be improving a little bit every day and just going out there and learning. And that's one reason why I started what I was doing, which is, hey, I'm putting pressure on myself. I have to have a new tweet every day or look right. for something. And if and and just try to learn a little bit every day and be better. And after a while, it, it adds up. So listening to your players instead of talking at them and and having a toolbox versus a a box to put yeah. a player. That's a great, that's a great way of putting it. I love the toolbox. I always talk about I have a key ring. I have a key ring that is at this point, it's so full I can barely add more keys to it. But um, and I've been adding to it since I was, you know, a 13-year-old kid just starting to pitch. And each one is, there's, there are little keys that kind of bring me back to where I'm supposed to be, where my most efficient movements are. And I might go through 15 or 20 of them in a bullpen and none of them work. And that's when I look back at Strami and I'm like, hey, I've tried all these little things. What else you got for me? Let's think about this in a different way. And you're right, like with, with coaches uh, coming up, if you try and teach every kid the same way, or if you think you've found the, you know, the magic formula for how to, how to be a pitcher, you're wrong. You're just not right. I think, and I think that's one of the biggest problems with people trying to market stuff to youth baseball, um, trying to help. I think they really do try to help. So there's a lot of people online that sell stuff, coaches that are trying to help kids. And they say, well, if you do this, you're going to, you're going to throw, you know, gas. It may have worked for them and it may work for some folks, which is why I add it to my toolbox. If I see a kid that moves a certain way, I'm going to use that technique with them. But you have to be open-minded and say not everybody can do that. And I think coaches sometimes, or, or these people that are selling to youth baseball sometimes lose that and they, they get all marketing-y and say, if you don't do this, you're going to get hurt. Or if you do this, you're going to... And without actually understanding that everybody's different. Yeah, that it's hard to make promises. <laughs> it's hard to make promises with a 16-year-old kid of what he's going to end up being. You just can't do it. And I, and I love the guys out at Driveline. I love what they're doing. I love you know Cressy and those guys who have really, I mean, they put their life and their their heart and soul into figuring out the performance metrics of of how to be a good pitcher. Um, and some once again, though, sometimes that works for guys, and I've seen it not work for guys. Oh, absolutely. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned driveline because Kyle and I were talking probably la- maybe last week or the week before about how we both started out on on pitching message boards. So before whole Twitter stuff, and we used to we used to post stuff. I'd post my kid or other players that I wanted to help. 
and he would post what he was thinking about. And I was like, dude's thinking about the game really, really well. And Differently. I, yeah, and I like the, the, the scientific mindset. I mean, my dad was a math teacher. I have a math, I think mathematically generally, but he comes at it from an engineering standpoint. And I loved hearing his thoughts back then. So we're talking about like 2008, 2009. Yeah, he's um, a decade into it now. Right, and he's, I mean, he's, the way they're looking at it, they're tearing down um, the existing structure and just looking at things totally different and and helping kids in new ways. And Eric Cressy is fantastic. I mean, he's one yeah. of the great guys in baseball. Yeah, we still have, well, I mean, we've got plenty of guys who who work out here at Tech who still use his program and still, you know, consult with him. And these are, this is the major league level and guys always trying to get a little bit better. I had a guy in college who used to say, I'm just trying to suck a little bit less every day. <laughs> and that's one way of looking at it, but um, just just building blocks and foundation and just trying to add a little piece here and there to get a little bit better every day. I think it's the only way to do it. And after a while, it adds up. Yeah, it, it for sure adds up. And hopefully it, it turns into you being able to play for longer or at least just be able to have more fun doing something a little bit better. Not everybody's going to be a college athlete. Not everybody's going to be a pro athlete. Um, not everybody's going to make it to the big leagues. But you can still have fun playing baseball and getting better at baseball no matter what level you're at. And, and the beauty of it is, it's and, and this I think is an important point, is it's not just about getting better at baseball. It's getting better at life, your job, whatever. If you learn techniques to get you good at baseball, a lot of the people that are good at sports are also good at their jobs and good at, because they know what it takes. They know what it takes to be a, a, a part of a team. Yeah. They know what it takes to drive themselves, be better every day, challenge themselves, challenge others around them. It's an important trait to have regardless of how far you make it. Yeah, we talked about that earlier too, that you like hire you like hiring ex-baseball players or ex-athletes because there is that, that work ethic that you can't really Absolutely. replicate other places. Absolutely. I think it's very important. Let's talk about these drawings again. Um, I know oh, no. I, I've, I'm married to an artist, so I have, I have not run these by her yet, but I will because I want to get her critique on them. But how, how did that start and what program do you use? Um, so it started, this was kind of funny. I was on a trip uh, to Japan and you know, I can't get away from Twitter for more than like 20 minutes without having like withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's ridiculous. So I'm, I'm on the flight, uh, had Wi-Fi. I was watching a game, and I think it was, it was actually Tuki Toussaint was pitching. Yeah. And, uh, Shout and, out Atlanta Braves. Yeah, where you go, Tuki. Um, so I'm watching it, and I'm like, I need to gift that because of the curveball, and I got to get it. And I couldn't get it to work. So I was pissed off sitting in my seat, and I just opened up Microsoft Paint and started drawing on my screen with my finger. Yeah. So that's how it started because I, I was never would have thought. I yeah. never would have thought. Yeah, because it looks so well done. God, they're beautiful. Yeah. My daughter <laughs> went to uh, to Cal Arts, so she is an animator. So you you understand? Yeah. I suck. You, yeah, I'm terrible. She definitely did not get it from you. No, she did not get For it. From sure me. not. Yeah. Um, uh, weirdly though, they've they've caught on, and now you've got a series of them. Yeah, there are people that want shirts with them. Um, oh, we can oh, make that I happen. I know it's going to be crazy if we can do it. I actually tried to get MLB to approve that. Still haven't heard back. Hey, MLB, if you're listening, my drawings are awesome. Yes, have your people talk to his people, and let's get this thing done. Yeah, I mean, I'll donate it to to whatever cause they want me to donate it to. I just think it's kind of fun. I mean, it's amazing that people like it. It's stick figures, and it's terrible but it's kind of so bad that maybe it's, it's kind of good. I don't know. That's part of it. You can't be in the middle. It's got to be either really bad or really good. Yeah, and I'm really you bad. have nailed the really bad. Oh, yeah. I, I freaking killed it. You I even make it. gifts out of my drawings. I had like a Chris Sale belly button ring dancing and stuff. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty talented in my suckitude. And you enjoy it, which is the big... It's, it's the number one thing. For all your artists out there, enjoy your work. <laughs> exactly. Even if no one else does. Um, but MLB is... 
I don't know. Everything is against this backdrop of, of MLB. They don't own us, but they do own the rights to our performances. And so I know you've had some issues in the past working around that. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Your account got suspended for a while. Was it last year? It was, yeah, it was in April of last year, actually started the season. So how did that, uh, how did that come about? So I had uh, posted a GIF of Noah Syndergaard throwing a ridiculous, a, a ball I still don't understand how it, how it, how it went. Um, it was like witchcraft, um, yeah. voodoo stuff. Um, it was a, a 97 mile an hour sinker. That, is that the one from behind the home plate? That, it, it looked like it was, oh no, it was a different one. So this oh, was okay. one that looked like it got caught in a, in a tornado. Yeah, the, just yeah. the storm took it and- Yeah, and, and it was just- yeah. And, and, uh, I noticed that, I mean, it was windy that day for uh -huh. one, um, Nito, uh, did he, somebody whiffed on it. Um, I don't want to, <laughs> it very him. much could have been the catcher. Yeah, I don't want to call I, you out. I, nobody I don't want to call. I'm not going to use names about, about anybody involved in that play, but, uh, somebody might've whiffed on it. And I understood why. I mean, yeah. it was crazy the way it moved. It, it literally looked like a, like some supernatural force got it. So I, I gifted out there and I slowed it down. So it wasn't the MLB feed. It, it, well, it was MLB feed, but it wasn't the, the exact video of right. it um, to start, try to accentuate the movement on it because it was jaw dropping. Mm -hmm. um, so I put it out there and then um, KFC, who ends up, I mean, this has a happy ending. Good. Um, ended up tweeting it out. He retweeted and then, and then, actually tweeted it out, I guess, uh, ripped it and then tweeted it out under his own name. I'm like, and everybody's like, wait, you can't do that. It's ninjas. Right. Ninja Nation came out to your defense. Right. Um, so he was like, well, you don't own it. Um, MLB owns it. And, and then Barstool Nation came out after me, which they have a pretty big nation too. And, and theirs is extensive. They, extensive. And they were all over it. Mm -hmm. um, so they ended up, word got back to MLB, who uh, then contacted Twitter, issued a takedown notice. Right. Um, Twitter then suspended my account. I, and so literally in the middle of the night, I, I was having a hard time sleeping. I didn't know my account was suspended. I look at my phone and I'm getting text messages from a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, well, what happened? And they're like, dude, you're, are you blocking me on Twitter? Is it? And then they realized that my account had been taken down. I literally went back to sleep within 10 minutes of that because I knew it was going to have a, like I played it out in my head. That's where my legal background right. worked. I was like, I am not in this for, I don't make money on it. I'm not trying to make money on it. I'm trying to help kids learn and trying to help pitchers get better. Um, and it's in everything I do is in MLB's best interest and they will understand it at some point. And if they don't, you know what, I'll pack up my bags and they don't like it. And, and, oh, well, I don't, I can not waste eight hours a day or whatever right. he is doing a, in Twitter. So woke up the next morning and, uh, waited for like, I could, I could see notifications, but I couldn't say anything to them. And it was amazing. The kind of the outpouring of people, MLB guys. Uh, I think Kelvin Herrera was the first guy to say, yeah. wait, you can't take down uh pitching ninja. And he was like posting gifts, screaming. Uh, and I didn't even know he followed me at the time. I didn't, I, I just, it was so random that he did that. Um, front office guys were saying stuff. Um, guys associated with MLB were saying stuff. So later on, I mean, it's a long story short. There were some, actually, it's already a long story, so I can't really say that, right? That's all right. Yeah, whatever. It could be longer. It's yeah, I, I'll, try to, I'll try to circle <laughs> back. So it, there were some articles written on it. Right. Um, MLB ended up reaching out to me. And instead of this whole, we don't want, we don't, they said, we love what you do. We think it's great. We think it showcases the game. And we want, we just want it to be legit and yeah. want you to, to basically 
kind of be a, a independent contractor for us versus, you know, just doing stuff out there because because we love what you do and we want you, we want you to do more of it. Perfect. Yeah. So it actually ended up having a, a very happy ending. Yeah. Um, and they were, I mean, it actually was better for me too, because instead of like always wondering if, you know, if they were going to say something when I put something out there. Being in that weird gray middle yeah, ground. Right. Yeah. yeah. Instead, it was like, cool. They like it. I'm going to do more. So it made me do more and more of it and actually go down and break, uh, yeah, break out some uh, video editing software and things that Good. I do now with overlays, which I guess people have really liked and that kind of mainstreamed overlays. Um, I was doing Red Circles of Death, which yeah. Lance really liked. I know <laughs> Lance would always, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? So being able to do overlays and stuff, adding, and then uh, motion trails and stuff to, to pitches as well. It made me invest more in what I was doing just because I was like, I'm not going to get shut down because they love what I do. And it was kind of more reinforcing that it was doing good. They understood I was doing good and it made me feel better about the whole thing. So it ended great. And actually, and, and I made up with Barstool as well with KFC and I, K, he said, Hey, you know, we're cool. And we're, and I think we did some gifts together later on. So good. Okay. it all ended up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a happy, it's a happy ending to the story. And you got way more, I mean, you got, you got way more famous because of it. And this famous, like, this account got, <laughs> Twitter way, more, famous, got yeah. way more traction. I don't know how many followers you had before you got shut down, but afterwards, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I think I had in the 40s maybe then. Um, and now it's 104 or something like that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's amazing giving autographs on the street and all that. So yeah. yeah. How do you do that? How do you give? I mean, it's different for everybody, right? I mean, you don't want, you don't want one. You can't, you can't put anybody in a box the way they give. Oh my gosh. So you've been able to parlay this into something else that you're really passionate about, which is getting kids exposure to be able to play at the next level, whatever that next level is. And uh, you've developed a new, uh, a new platform, a new app called uh, the Flatground. Yes. The Flatground app. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about it and where we're at in the process. Sure. I mean, and, and actually that's been, it's kind of coming, it's adding another prong to what I wanted to do anyway. I always wanted to give back to the game. I was able to give back through, through gifts with helping kids learn mechanics, pitch grips. I do some mental game stuff too, because just like the other stuff, it's not one size fits all for mental game either. Hey, Dorfman's mental ABCs. Oh, of pitching, I love that. That's it's part a, of my pitching gospel. That's I go awesome. back to it every year. Yeah, that's one of my favorite books. And just seeing, you see Corey Kluber out there and you see Max Scherzer out there, both fantastic pitchers. They were both totally different in mound presence. Kluber is. Klubot. Yeah, exactly. And Scherzer looks like he wants to tear your head off. So they're two totally different guys. Um, and I've had, even had my son coming up. He wanted to be like Max Scherzer. We love the way Max Scherzer, pit, pit, Scherzer pitches, but when he did it, he got out of control. Right. So Me he had too. to slow the game down and be more like Kluber. I mean, it's just, there's not one size fits all in anything. So teaching all those. And then the other thing I can do now is because I've been out there, um, I've developed an extensive network, not only with coaches online. So with the driveline guys who are great, Cressy is great, Lance Wheeler, who's another really good, uh, really excellent coach. But a lot of coaches out there we, we just hang out on, on Twitter, but players don't have access to that. Then MLB players who followed me also didn't, you know, individual high school players, college players, players don't have access to that either. Right. Uh, and then schools. So the other thing I have is MLB scouts as well as colleges that followed me and probably almost every major college follows me too. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's- So in, uh... I took all that, my Rolodex on that and was able to open it up for everybody. So that is the way that I, I thought about this in, in I was driving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's got to, oh, wait, nobody's doing this. 
And nobody can really be in a position to do what I do because there's right. either somebody's in a camp, somebody they teach, they're, they're selling lessons or whatever. They don't want to help other people out. I'm neutral. Yeah. I, I just want good information. So I just want to, my whole thing is if I can leave the game better than it was when I got on this earth, then I did something. I want to give something back. And this is a, it ends up being like way more successful than I thought. I thought it was going to take a while. It's crazy the way it's taken off. It's I picked swear. up real quick. I, I follow Flatground app on Twitter and- And you've I mean, commented on some yeah, kids. And yeah. Every day there's, I mean, five, six, seven guys that are either A, looking for information how to get better or B, trying to figure out how we can make the next step and how I can get myself seen by the right people. And you've been able to combine those two worlds and say, I have the resources to be able to help you get better. And I have the people and the eyes watching this to find you. Because truth be told, there are only so many eyes, like physical eyes that can look at physical pictures on a day-to-day -day basis. Scouts, scouting is a grind. I mean, it really, really is a grind. I remember sitting in the minor leagues, sitting in the stands, charting, and you know, these scouts around me having conversations with them about their travel schedule and what they're trying to do and how they're trying to see everybody. And with the age of social media, it really is changing things. It's, it's giving everybody a chance to get in front of people they wouldn't be able to before. And, and amazingly, so there are some things that I didn't even think about when I, when I did. So it creates a, a reverse feeding frenzy and it helps the players. So you get a great player out there and all of a sudden a school's interested. Now schools and scouts and everybody, they kind of, they can play the long game. They can wait. But when they start seeing other people interested in a player that they think can help them, all of a sudden their competitive juices come out. So instead of the player waiting for people to contact them and, and, and the scouts or the schools being in control, a lot of it now is it's giving some control back to the players. And then they get to see the things that they love is they can see how many times their video got viewed because Twitter functionality shows that. So people, when they're seeing a video that they usually would post at getting 200 views, now getting 50,000 views. Yeah. Yeah, so they're telling their friends to get on there. That's it's huge. crazy. And then they get guys like, you know, amazing MLB guys like Colin McHugh commenting on their stuff. Uh, Robert Stocks commented yeah. a lot. Lance McCullers comments a lot. Uh, there's a ton of guys giving back. CJ Wilson is big on there too, and he will just go in and start helping kids left and right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, they, when do players have yeah. the ability to get feedback like no, that? No, we're all baseball junkies. Like right. at, the, at the end of the day, we love the game so much. So to be able to see these kids and think, I, I don't know this kid from, from Adam, but I see his video. I see what he's doing. I might have one of those keys to be able to add to that key ring. And that's huge. I mean, that's a, that's a big, important factor. And the recruiting and scouting part of it was not my story. Like my story was very different. I was a pretty good high school pitcher, but I went to a small school. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't do the travel ball circuit, so I never had the scouts there seeing me. And truthfully, when you're not doing those things, it's hard to get in front of the right people, but you've created a, a platform for hopefully kids like me to be able to have some schools compete for your services, really. Exactly. And, and the other thing, the, kind of the big thing, actually having a kid that went up through the travel ball ranks is, yeah, I mean... I, I was doing fine money. I don't need it. I didn't want. I can. I can spend money on showcases, all that. Best travel teams, whatever. And they have the. They have their places. But to see kids saving up their their money and families saving up their money for their kids one shot their dream, or parents that just can never afford that and don't do it. Baseball shouldn't be a rich kid sport. I don't think it's good for the no, game. I yeah. think fundamentally it's bad for viewership. It's bad for it's bad for the game for growing the game. Um, and I think it's important to tear down those barriers, both geographically and monetarily, yeah. to give kids a chance. 
that's huge. And you're doing that in concert with MLB, with players. It really is this kind of synergy of the baseball elite hopefully being able to give back to the baseball masses, which, I mean, baseball is America's pastime. It is out there. And you're right, it has become has become kind of an elite thing. And in the it, U.S., definitely. I yeah. mean, $500 bats and $400 gloves. And who can afford that? I mean, it's it's people that have money and then pay $1,000 for a showcase, $1,000 for a flight to get to the showcase, $5,000 yeah. for a travel team. How many kids are you excluding from that? So many. And then, and then on the opposite side of that coin, you're, you have your Dominican Republics, your Venezuela's, Puerto Rico's, where it is part of just part of the DNA of, of the people down there to play baseball and whether you're on a sandlot or in the street or doing whatever. I mean, hearing Jose Altuve and hearing how he came up playing baseball couldn't be more different than the way kids are growing up now playing baseball in the States. Um, so hopefully everything that I do and hopefully everything that MLB is doing and um, the Players Association is, is doing with youth baseball is to make it an easier game to play for, for kids all over the country, a more attractive and fun game to play for kids. And honestly, something something that's been in the DNA of the United States for a long time that maybe we've lost. Maybe we've lost a little bit and hopefully we can regain a little bit of that back. I, I think you do lose some of that as it becomes more and more elitist. It's less and less. I mean, the viewership will go down as well as the players that you get. I mean, there's a love of the game um, versus kids that are just going through the grind and stuff. You want a kid to love the game and a lot of people can't afford to get those opportunities. So yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and then like like we talked about in our social media age, there is there's an attention span. It's hard for baseball to to capture that audience because our attention span is is getting shorter and shorter. And baseball games are not. Baseball a baseball game is about three hours long, no matter what we do, no matter what pace of right. play you know initiatives we put into practice or clocks we put on the field. It's going to be about three hours, no matter what. And what you've been able to do is have these clips, just clips that are digestible. They're fun. They're informative. And honestly, you've got such a, a backstock of them now that they're everywhere and they're fun to watch. I think they're fun for kids. They're fun for me. It's uh, it's a good way to watch baseball without having to sit down and watch nine innings. Uh, exactly. And I, and I think the, the fun thing, so you, you look at the flat ground <laughs> stuff and now you're saying, hey, everyday kids can be featured on that stuff with cool things that they do. Because I can't do that on, 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 the, on my Pitching Ninja account. It's really aimed at MLB guys and helping people learn through watching them. Um, but but flat ground is more making a flat ground. It's even it's even playing field for everybody. Yeah, people can get seen by by a bunch of folks and learn from each other. And and there are folks that are just going on there that that are looking at it because they like watching pitching. And I didn't think that was going to happen. So I have like a hundred and forty people that have volunteered to be a scout. Wow, volunteered interns just to get baseball uh, resume, build up what they do all around the country to now, I haven't done anything with it yet because I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, but they'll have a radar gun, they'll video folks so that people will be uncovered and not fall through the cracks. Yeah. And then 70 facilities throughout the country have volunteered to let kids come in for free. To That's do, amazing. To do a video and, to, and have a radar gun so they can do their own, hey, let me be seen type thing. And I didn't think any of that was going to happen that yeah. quickly. So it's, it really is amazing how many people want to give back, even at the youth level. Yeah. Um, and then you have MLB guys who are just, I, I know you love to give back, but you don't know, it, it's, it, it's hard to figure out how. Exactly. How to help kids. You don't want everybody approaching you like 10,000 people. Hey, how do you grip your curveball? For it's, sure. Yeah, it's just not going to go well for you. You need to have a life. <laughs> yeah, but it, there's, a, there's a sense of like a grassroots movement to this um, where we are going back and saying, 
I want the best kids to play baseball. I want the best athletes to not fall through the cracks. And if you're a kid who plays five sports, which I'm a huge proponent of, I know you're a huge proponent of growing up. If you realize it's going to be, it's going to be hard to get seen in baseball, depending on where you live or what your uh, means are of, of putting yourself in front of the right people. I want to see a kid who can dunk a basketball, throw a ball 70 yards and throw a 90 mile an hour fastball. And Put him in front of the right people and let the let the chips fall where they may. If he's a baseball player, great. If he's a basketball player, great. All of these things, I, I just don't want the best athletes to say, "Well, baseball's not the sport for me," just because I can't I can't do this. T- totally agree, and I think it's overlooked that that pitchers are athletes. Um, yeah, <laughs> come on. Uh, but absolutely, I mean, I the the one biggest thing is is you don't want pitchers, and this is the way pitching can be taught um, to to kids too is it becomes too mechanical. You get people moving like robots. Oh, I got to move this. I got to lift my leg here. I got to do that. Treat pitchers like athletes. Let them play multiple sports. Let them develop a sense of their body and, and, and learn how to move. There are a lot of moves in basketball that translate to, to baseball. Not only that, but having the, the idea of gifts and stuff, there's nothing better than watching someone get dunked on, right? I love it. Yeah. So, so now, why can't pitchers have that? So if we can make pe- people that might choose the more exciting basketball dunking on somebody, now they're saying, hey, let me throw a slider and make this guy fall on his butt. Yeah. Um, and then I can put my little referee in there counting as he's down. <laughs> uh, so now that's really, that makes it cool. Yeah. That makes it, you know, something you want to do versus baseball's boring. They make me do this. Also, you see a little personality in there. Like right. you see Jeremy Jeffress, or you see these guys who, they're not trying to show anybody up when they strike a dude out. Clevenger but, too. Yeah, yeah but there is a sense of like, I just did this to you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here for a second. If you're going to sit and stare at a home run for a second, it's not going to bother me. But if I punch you out and it's nasty, I'm going to feel myself for a little bit, for, for a second and, uh, you know, let the world understand that this is, this is tough to do. You got a moonwalk after one of your strikeouts this season. It was, I, I was in Japan. I saw this one. Oh, oh wait, the one I, yes, yeah. I was in Japan and I, <laughs> As, this is one of those things. This is how ubiquitous you've become is that when I did it, I was walking off the mound and thought it wasn't the strikeout that was that nasty. It was whatever I just did coming off the mound. I don't know what you call that. I honestly don't either. We'll it call was, it the McHugh. Maybe? We, we can call it the, yeah, I think it was like the electric slide. But yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I threw a curveball, punched Yanagita out, who, by the way, fantastic player out of Japan. Would love to you see him come him to the really States. made really bad, dude. He's real, he, but he... He ruined us while we were over there. But anyway, threw a curveball, punched him out, and just did this like little, I don't know, electric slide. I added move. music to it. It was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it, it was, it was cool. sort of embarrassing until I saw it on there. And I was like, no, this could be a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but every pitcher, I feel like every pitcher needs a, you need a dance. You need a touchdown. You need a touchdown dance for a, a strikeout dance. Well, I mean, definitely. Stroh took it to another level, too. I mean, there was a battle actually in the end. They were, uh, he and Jeffress were giving themselves, I mean, basically he was saying, no, no, Jerry, you, you're, you're better. You're, you're better at uh, your K struts better. And they were going back and forth. Yeah. But they're both naturally doing that. It's none of it's like I'm showing anybody up. It's just making the game exciting. For sure. I mean, I love, I, I watch just to see. I, I mean, also, uh, Jeffress is stare. I was scared Ooh. the crap out of me if I was in the box. He's I mean, intimidating. He just, yeah. yeah, he is. I mean, he just stares right through you that's fun there's you want to see as much personality as you can in these in these players in this game and that's honestly that's why we're doing this podcast so that you can see a different side of players that isn't just we are robots we are pitching it is 162 games we get to do things on a daily basis that hopefully does showcase who we are as uh, as people through the game of baseball so I, I appreciate this and this is this account, Pitching Ninja, on Twitter is one of my favorite things to watch. I wish you the best of luck. We're going to do a, a few more questions. Okay. Because we want to get to know 
the man behind the pitching ninja mask just briefly. Number one, when you open your last streaming app, whether it's iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, record player, 8-track, whatever it was, what was the last thing you listened to on purpose? Um, I have a big hip-hop playlist. Probably listen. I mean, the last song I think as I pulled up here was uh, Kanye West. I think I'm a god. Yes. Yeah. All he's right. gone a little crazy, but uh, he's uh, he's awesome. But he makes good music. He makes good music. That's uh, absolutely true. But yeah, I'm a hip hop head. Kind of actually going back to my legal career, one of the first uh, people I represented, or I when they started out was Outkast. Come on. Yeah, when they were very, very like very, very starting up-ish. Those are my uh, guys. Yeah, no, they're crazy. I mean, that's one of my favorites. God, they're amazing. I forget, an Atlanta guy, you've got to have, hip-hop has to run through your blood a little bit. It, it, it absolutely does. And I actually, so being old enough, I mean, I started back in the Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick days. So I've definitely, I mean, I know the whole history of hip-hop and, uh, and, lo and, and I'm not one of those guys that has to have old-school hip-hop. Like, I can listen to Kodak Black and say, hey, man, he's He's pretty cool or juice yeah. world now and listen to that. so it's it's uh i mean I ask my wife literally in the shower i will be you're I mean, just I, laying down sick rhymes I, dude my flow is impetuous is that a word i, I probably i'm the lawyer yeah i, I think yeah it, you're the lawyer i'm trying to do my mike tyson imitation my flow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's wonderful to know i i'm so glad that you aren't just like a oh well um, listen to yacht rock and frank, frank sinatra I, don't <laughs> I mean i don't not, not that i hate frank sinatra i saw charlie morton love, singing fly me to the moon in the dugout i, I have oh, that yeah. a gift as you well you do yeah. I, I just I, we just released our uh our last episode with charlie morton from way back during the season is he a country guy is he, he isn't he? he's just a renaissance man okay. he's a, he does a little bit of everything he seems like a renaissance man yeah right? he plays guitar he sings he does the whole deal see i sing i sing but I don't sing very well. You sing, but not. I feel like people. I draw. Actually, I asked my wife which am I better at, drawing or singing, and I think she said drawing. She said yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's both terrible. Oh, um, your son plays here at Georgia Tech. He is from. I've I've not met him yet, but from everything that I've heard, great young pitcher. If you could give him a piece of advice, I mean, you do give him advice all the time. But if you could give him or people like him a piece of advice who are looking, hopefully, to end up playing pro ball. Would it be the same piece of information you give to young kids? It would. I think it gets specific to folks. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I put out there is stuff. So when I originally started, I, I, I knew someday I might stop coaching and I didn't want all the information I learned to die with me. So I wanted like to die with my coaching career. So I wanted to make sure I got it out there and help the next generation. Um, so what you're seeing is sometimes what's going through my head. Um, a lot of it comes down to confidence. I think there's a mental game approach that a lot of people don't get. Like people that make it, it maybe came natural. Maybe they don't think that much. Some people overthink it and they're out there and they're wondering what the coach is thinking of them, what players, what the fans are thinking of them. And there's just slow the game down and block it out and be natural and move naturally and don't let other people affect you. Uh, Clevenger actually just said something exactly like that. He was, he tried to conform and then he's like, you know what? Screw it. I don't, I mean, I'm not a conforming type of guy. And I if I do say. something, just go out there and do it. And let the chips fall where they may. And I think that attitude works. I think the, yeah. the, the, the don't give a fuck attitude, there I think, go. has its place on the mound. Yeah. Um, you know, screw what anybody thinks. For sure. And if you see someone messing around, don't be afraid to buzz the tower a little bit. Too. Uh, you know, Clevenger always strikes me as somebody who really just stays in his lane and fits, fits <laughs> yeah. the mold, right? I love that. I mean, I love the personalities uh, out there. Great. Baseball should, should, should embrace that type yeah. of thing because there'd, there'd definitely be more fans. I mean, how would you... It's just fantastic. It's hard to watch guys like that. Guys you're talking about, guys like Clevenger, Stroman, these guys with big personalities 
and show their big personalities out there. It's it's hard to watch them and not be like, man, I'm a fan. Of, I'm a I'm a fan of you. Like whether you're a fan of the Indians or the or the Blue Jays or whatever, you can be a fan of players. And this has been happening in the NBA and the NFL for years. People, the the idea of being a fan of a team can be separate from being a fan of a player. You know, you, you're a LeBron fan, no matter where he is. You might not be an LA fan, but you're a LeBron fan, or you're you're a fan of. I'm, I'm I don't a follow pitcher fan. I mean, when it comes down to it, people ask me what team I. I, I generally, you know, we're in Atlanta. I'll root for Atlanta, obviously. Right. But as far as a team, I don't really. I, I root for pitchers, and I always root for pitchers. There's not a pitcher I don't root for when yeah. they're when they're out there, and I want the I want to see the coolest stuff they got. I want them to be themselves, and it's fun to watch. I mean, it's fun to watch the different personalities that 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 make it. Um, from the button-up guys to the guys that are just doing moon dances out there, yeah. strutting, jumping up and down. People like to think that baseball is all about home runs. It's Did I say all moon dances or moon walks. Did I? I don't know what I just said. <laughs> you said, <laughs> I think you I said, said moon dance, dances. and I think uh, that's like a, a there are Van multiple Morrison multiple thing, moon right? dance. One of them is the one variation is the walk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But baseball is much more than just homers, and people will. Oh, say, homers suck. Yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, will unless say a pitcher that, hits them, they suck. But, uh, <laughs> There is, I think you're you're able to showcase a different side of the game and be able to tell people like, no, baseball is not just more fun when there's more homers and more offense. Like pitchers are pitchers are defenders at their at our core. We are defenders, but the things that we're able to do as a defender is still extremely entertaining and can be fun to watch. Oh, there's some sick plays that that folks make out there too that I try to highlight as well to yeah. show the athleticism out there. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely. That's absolutely part of the part of the game, and I think it's an underrated part of the game. It's fun yeah. to watch. I think our game's as entertaining right now as it's ever been. I totally would agree with that. I think that's one. I I think my account came along at the right time this summer, sure. uh, because it's in, as entertaining as it's ever been. And knowing the history of the game, if you tell me that there were people that threw like this back then, I would be amazed. I mean, I see some. Like I'll I'll go back and look at. Uh, I, I think I highlighted Bob Gibson. Yeah, and his slider. I was like. Yeah, that's that would play today. That's legit. Yeah, Tom Seaver had some stuff that I don't think people understood how good he was. Um, Nolan Ryan, as his changeup, I think people didn't know how much his changeup moved, and his changeup was sick too. But it was much more limited, and yeah. I think now you're seeing guys throughout the, I mean, throughout this the squad that that just have filthy stuff. Every guy in every bullpen, I feel like, throws 95 plus. Yeah, it's crazy. Every, pretty much every team you have has one guy who, throws, who can throw 100 miles an hour. So on flat ground today, um, guy just, just uh, tweeted to me, he lefty, 99 miles an hour, and he's not with an organization. Like, that's crazy, right? It's crazy. It would never have happened, except it did. And then the one before that was a 98 guy, literally this, after, uh, this morning. Two, two guys, one guy broke the flat ground record, 97.9. Next guy, 99 on the gun at Lipscomb. And I'm like, what the heck is going on where these guys can't find jobs? Yeah. And it just shows you how sick things are out there and how competitive they are. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, velocity isn't the whole thing. I mean, it, it gets your looks, but in the end, you also have to be able to pitch. Yeah. Um, it makes it makes the sh decision times cut down, obviously, mm -hmm. for batter, but... There's so I mean, there's so many ways to get it done. You can get it done like a Greg Maddox or Zach Grinke, who's got for sure know, fantastic stuff as a as a starter, who I also love watching and doesn't light up the radar gun. So, but if you can throw that hard and then you can learn how to pitch too along the way, exactly, you turn into a different animal. That's right. So yeah, these are these are incredibly fun times. I think to be a baseball fan, and I'm hoping that this. I'm I'm wishing the best of luck. I hope this continues to be 
as entertaining for us as it is entertaining for you and anything, any way we can help as a… Uh, Throw nastier pitches. Keep throwing nasty pitches. I'm working on it. I'm working on that slider. I was working on it yesterday. It was not very good, but it's, really? it's coming along. It's, no, well, it's I mean, we can go to the bullpen right now and we'll just… Uh, just you know what? We're going to we're gonna take a break here. We're going to go throw <laughs> a bullpen and uh, we'll come back in a little bit. I'll, uh, I'll do some ninja stuff and make… Uh, Make that slaughter just fantastic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Rob, thank you for your time. Hey, Thanks my for pleasure, being here. Dude. Yeah. Pitching Ninja Nation, when you're out there and you see something amazing, shout out Rob Freeman, Twitter, Pitching Ninja. You can find me. You'll find him. Yeah. All right. Thanks. See you. Yeah.